It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's episode 426. Haha, <laughs> I wrote it down. And I think that everybody will be very happy to know that both Jeff and I saw Avengers Endgame this week, and we've already talked about a bunch of stuff, so we'll see what trickles out during this podcast. I'm DA, of course, here with Jeff and Tim. Yo. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just couldn't wait till I finished. <laughs> I think on a lot of shows, they pause there. Okay. I'll do it again. <laughs> I'm here with Jeff. What's up? And Tim. Hello. All right. Here we go. See, is that better? You like that? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that our listeners can't figure it out, but that'll also help. Well, they often get my voice confused with both of yours. We all sound the same. Yeah. I don't sound like Eeyore. <laughs> oh, Wow. Like I was talking about the voice, you always talk about the voice you were just doing, not your actual voice. Okay, fair enough. That's that's <laughs> that's fair. It's been a tough week, and for the Bruins, it was a mixed bag, mostly good. But you know, I was thinking about this. Okay, ready? Do you know those candies, Boston baked beans? Yep. I mean, you can call them candy if you like. Sure. Okay. Okay, that's exactly it. I suppose there are people who really enjoy them. I have never met one of those people, but it seems to be one of those candies that it's awful. I remember one time having a synchronized spitting contest with one of those, uh, with a with a friend. We both were like, hey, I've never tried this before. Put it in our mouth, and we could not get it out of our mouth faster. So anyway, basically, the Bruins got a bag of candy, but there were a bunch of Boston baked beans in there. And actually, any more than one of those candies is is bad. And they were like just like camouflaged in a bag of jelly beans, so you don't. That's what you got until it's in your mouth. Oh yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. That was pretty much the Bruins' week. So imagine getting really excited about having a bag of jelly beans in your bag of candy, and then Boston baked two beans. Of, are and bad. like two of them are Boston baked beans. Oh, gross. that's that's really about what the ratio is there, right? Because I mean, they, they did win two out of three. Yeah. And the one they lost was a 2-1 game. Yeah, yeah. But it was deceptive in that it seems like it was a closer game than it, it really was. I, 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 yes, I, I did deliberately leave that part out. Yes, yes. That was not nearly as close a game as I made that sound. They, I snuck that goal in late with no real hope of actually making it two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like last night's game, uh, because we're recording on Sunday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. What? The Red Sox had a mariachi band in their locker room today before the game. Of course they did. That was fun. Last night's game also wasn't as close as it seemed. But we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So we got to build up. We got to build up through the week um, and talk about all these wonderful things. By the way, do you like jelly beans? I mean, as long as there's no licorice ones in there, because fuck that. Oh, my God. Licorice ones are the worst. Well, licorice anything. Like, seriously, Annie's fennel, licorice, fuck it all. Agreed. Yeah, I hate it all. Yeah. And the fascination with non-English-speaking countries with having Annie's flavored liqueurs, whether you're talking Zambuca, Ouzo, there's something recently I encountered from France. I have a bottle of something in my collection from Colombia. 
What am I going to do with it? I don't know. Oh. I don't to acquire that. <laughs> the Columbia shit. My junior year of college, I had two roommates from Columbia. <laughs> and there was one night where they brought that back, and we had that, and I... It was the worst night of my life. That stuff is I awful. I can't check what it is. I've already packed it. Ooh. So, like, I can't, well, you know, I have, I have things that were not essential that I don't anticipate eating through next week. Because then I go away for a week and then come back and move two days later. Because, like, planning and stuff. Being an adult. Mm, it sucks. I, apparently, Ennis and Cherry goes together. I wouldn't know because I'm not trying that. I'm of the view that Ennis and Hate go together. I pretty much agree <laughs> with you there. <laughs> I'm not saying necessarily that I hate Ennis, although I do. I'm saying that Ennis is hate. And hate is Ennis. Anyway, yes, we all agree. Ennis is yucky, licorice is terrible. Get rid of that fennel shit. Although fennel is supposed to be good with orange. And no, thank you. I'm all set. Fennel no. is less awful than all the than Annie's and all the liqueurs and licorice and stuff, but it's still the same shit and just a slightly smaller and less offensive pile. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's like this is like a it's almost like a genetic thing. It's like you just hate it or something. Not quite like cilantro, which I think tastes like soap. But anyway, and that's just that's just because you drew the short stick on the on that genetic on that genetic two sided coin. I know. I can roll my tongue. My earlobes are attached. Um, I don't have any middle-digit finger hair or middle-digit hair, so I don't know. The last part would be nice. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I know sometimes I act like a troglodyte, but I'm not an actual troglodyte. And I wonder how much Neanderthal I have in me because being my family is mostly German- I'm curious about that, but I have not done any of those genetic tests, so we'll, we'll have because to they're bunk. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So I, I would love for it to say, "Oh, you're from Italy." I'm like, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> I know that. <laughs> wow, this is uh, taking a turn. Let's take it back. First of all, let's talk about jelly beans real quick. I love the Starburst jelly beans. I am so addicted to them. I have to stop buying them. They're so good. It's a much better way of delivering Starburst flavors than Starbursts. It is. It really is. They are so scrumptious. I love them. The all red ones. Oh my. I haven't done the all red ones, but I respect that. You know what? I bet you they're better than the all reds of the Starburst actual candy. So I'll have to try it sometime, although it is a dangerous dive for me. But anyway, that's what I just wanted to say. You you can have your fancy jelly belly, whatever stuff. That stuff's fine. It's cute and whatnot. But I actually just enjoy the um, Starburst ones. They're very good. Let's start talking about the games, guys. I'm going to sit out on talking about game three. I didn't do I didn't do a lot of catch. I missed that one. I didn't do a lot of catching up. So please proceed, you two. Okay, well, I actually took pretty good notes on that one. Of course, that was the one that we we already led with. The the score misleads you into thinking it was a closer game than it really was. Of course, the Bruins lost that one. That was on our anniversary. And uh, no, we didn't get pizza that night. I have no idea what we ate that night. Whatever, it's not very important. Okay, so in the first, you had not a score by your team. You had a score by Bruce, uh, Bruce, Bruce Jenner. No, it was not Bruce Jenner. It, it was, was high school f- football star Boone Jenner, and you'll never convince me that at least a third of the characters on Friday Night Lights weren't all just named Boone Jenner. 
They'll never convince me otherwise. Mind you, another third of them were Brock Nelson. That's irrelevant to the current discussion. But <laughs> I, I got to tell you, if I ever met Boone Jenner, I would ask him how how Kim is dealing with having three kids or how does she deal with Kanye? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. Okay, so Boone Jenner scored basically by just outright beating Connor Clifton. Yeah. You know, I give him credit. Boone Jenner has been really good this series. Yeah, it's really getting annoying. Well, I mean, he's been the guy that has been going for like, oh, you want to cough up the puck? I'm just going to go straight down to your goal. That's who he is. He doesn't always make it, obviously. Uh, he, he makes it. He gets there at least more often than not. But anyway, we'll get there. It reminds me of Pie in that respect. Always has a breakaway and doesn't always score. But Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, basically what happens with this is that Clifton tries to get the puck by him really quick. But Poon Jenner just puts a stick down, takes the puck, goes right around Clifton and just scores. Rask was just really out of position. So Rask was out of the net, off to the side. It was just an easy way for him to score. That sucked because you never like to give up a goal. And Tuka's been playing so well. Now, in the second period, we had a uh, power play goal by Matt Duchesne. The penalty was Brad Marchand high-sticking Jenner. Boone Jenner, he's all over the place here. Getting high-sticked. He's getting a goal. He's getting high-sticked. Whatever. I don't remember the specific penalty that happened. I just remember thinking, Brad, you fucking screwed us again. Now, the memorable thing about that Duchesne power play goal, and if you went to the Time on Ice report, which if you are a longtime fan, you know, I love the Time on Ice report. It's so fun to look at all the shifts and stuff. Chara and Carlo were out for the entire penalty kill because they couldn't clear it out of the zone. And the penalty kill lasted for a minute 53 before Duchesne scored. Yes, seven seconds left. So Carlo was out for all 153 of that. Chara was out for 243. He was oh. out when the penalty happened. Now on the time on ice report, it says GP. G means goal. But they also put that the penalty happened while he was on the ice for his shift. So he stayed out. Magboy and, and Carlo switched places. They were just wiped out. Like Carlo was like doubled over after the goal went in. He just looked demoralized, which is unfortunately, as well as he's playing, that's happened a few times this week. First Columbus home game and they are rocking it and they're having a great it's their time. First, yeah, it is their first second round home game ever. Yes. Oh my God. That's right. I forgot to mention that. It's, it, <laughs> this is the furthest they've ever been in the playoffs. <laughs> Did I, have I ever told you that when Glenn and I travel somewhere, if it's somewhere that like is either most North, South, East or West that I've ever been, I say with each step, I go, this is the most East I've ever been. <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> this is the most East I've ever been. <laughs> And in Germany, it was confusing because it's like, this is the most east I've ever been. And this is the most north I've ever been. <laughs> anyway, I'm adorable on vacation. And you can't convince me otherwise. So, DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque scores in that second period. It was actually 40 seconds left in this, the second period when Jake DeBrusque scored. And this was the first controversial goal of the week. The first, 
Yes, there's more. Yes. A lot more. Yes. So this is the first controversial goal of the week. Basically, DeBrusque sends the puck towards Bobrovsky and it goes under his pads. Okay. And then Bob makes some movements to try to just secure the puck under his pads while the Bruins are just like, hey, I got a stick. I got to get a stick. I got a stick. And so basically what happens is in his movement to try to secure the puck, it squirts out towards the post and over the red line. And it gets stuck in that, you know, in that area, like um, behind the red line, you can clearly see it through the, the netting. It was a goal, but they didn't call it a goal at first. They actually had to review it. So, yay, the Bruins actually got a goal in that game. And that was about as good as it got because the Bruins just didn't win that game. Nobody scored in the third. Bleh. They lost 2-1. to one. Rask, despite this, still had a 9-4-1 save percentage that game. Yeah. This is going to be a recurring theme. We will circle back to this point later. Dun-dun-dun. What are you talking about the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes for? No, that's dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> Not dramatic music, just SVU. <laughs> I just want to read off a bunch of things about Game 4 for you, okay? Game 4 was fun in the respect. If you like penalties, if you like penalties, this was your game. If you liked chaos on while while such penalties are being attended to oh this was your game (laughs) in the first columbus called for tripping it was texier for tripping we had boston's brad marchand called for tripping on a breakaway against boone jenner and it resulted in a penalty shot we'll talk more about that in a little bit and that was also shorthanded josh anderson went for hooking dean kukan oh i didn't know his first name was dean Elbowing against David Backus. Oh, we will talk the fuck about that. Oh, my God. Marshy for delaying the game. Bullshit call. (sighs) That fucking penalty, I swear. And that was just in the first, so that you had five penalties in the first. The second, we had Boston's Clifton going for slashing. Columbus Clendenning going for interference. Josh Anderson going for interference. Wow, they like interference. And then Marshy went for tripping. That was his penalty of the game, was tripping. (laughs) I mean, he did delay the game, I guess, but tripping was fun. Okay, and the third was actually the mild period where you just had DeBrus going for tripping against Bjorkstrand, who can go fuck himself. Not as hard as Josh Anderson. And also not as hard as, um, uh, as Dubois. Yeah, Dubois was holding my boy. I mean, come on. Like, everybody wants to hold my boy. I'm getting sick of Dubois as well. And Dubois got a misconduct at the end of the game, or near the end of the game, which I'm, I'm not exactly sure why. I can't remember. But anyway, this game, it had everything. It had goals, lots and lots of goals by the Bruins. It had a fake goal, totally fake goal by the Blue Jackets. It had a penalty shot. It had a cheap shot. It had all sorts of things. It had a, what ought to have been a shutout. In fact, it was a shutout. Every shot on goal during the legal flow of play was turned aside. All right. Let's talk about this thing first of all. We have a reunited top line of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. Here's what's really amazing about that. Bergeron got activated this game. And so did Pasternak. 
Although Pasternak still, uh, although Pasternak still looks like he's playing with a two by four when he when, yeah. he, handles the, when he handles the puck, he's just figured out how to shoot again at least. Yeah, well, Bergeron <laughs> scored two goals in this game, so that's why I say he got activated. Pasta had the first goal, and it was an impressive goal. Basically, he got checked by Clendenning at the blue line and got knocked out, but destroyed by Clendenning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like I wouldn't blame him for like kind of going, "Whoo, let me catch my breath before I get back up," but he pops back up. Before that, he gets the puck over to uh, Bergie, who who takes it over, and and that's great. And then basically, what happens after that is um, the puck gets back to McAvoy, who's sitting at the point, and Pasta is sitting over right right at the faceoff dot, like right around there, and he just he slaps it in, and it's just gorgeous. Basically, awesome. Bob got sold on the idea of, I guess. McAvoy sending the puck to somebody in front of him, but Pasta was just all by himself and like, ding, here we go. I'm just going to do it. Um, so that was that was fantastic. That, that whole sequence was fabulous. But I'm just so impressed with Bergeron because what happened with 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 Bergy on that power play goal? What led up to it was Brad Marchand taking a gamble all game long. The Bruins had terrible puck management on the penalty uh, on the power play. They had many power plays, and you know this whole idea of um, David Pasternak being at the point is a terrible one. Terrible. Why? Why are they doing that? He he's not equipped for that. I I I I'll, I'll, I'll pause there, and I read a lengthy thing from this either Fluto or Joey Mack. I don't remember which on on the on the Athletic. Um, talking and he did have, they had a talk with Bruce on that. And, um, Bruce just really likes the productivity of the first unit. So he's a lot less concerned about the shorthanded chances against than others have been. It's just, they've been super blatant of late. Okay. What did I say going into the playoffs in general about the Bruins and, oh, I don't know, shorthanded goals against I said, they got to knock that crap out. <laughs> I'm concerned about it. They got to stop that. So this game had so many of those instances where, you know, you got Boone Jenner. I think he did this at least twice. Went back. More than that. He did it, he did it like four times, not counting the penalty shot. <laughs> yeah. I said at least two. I can't, I can't remember all of them because there were so many and they all looked alike. And it seemed like a really bad dream. Really I'm pretty sure at one point the Columbus Blue Jackets had more scoring opportunities on Bruins power plays than the Bruins did. <laughs> I mean, like this is the Bruins had so many power plays, like and and scored unscored on two of them, sure, but like all of the others just looked so bad. Every one of them. Oh fuck! <laughs> like, like we're to the point where it's like maybe they need to instate the option to decline penalties in this league. Like Everybody the, like in the said that. Everybody said that because I was like, you can decline that. We talked about that last week, didn't we? Did we talk yeah. about like you only take penalties if they in football if they if they benefit you, and if they don't benefit you, you decline them. It would be so great. It's like this is another conversation that we're having about that. Also. 
it seemed like Columbus that like that was Columbus's strategy was just like, hey, let's get on the let's get on the penalty kill because it's the only time we're getting opportunities to score goals right now. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't wrong. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Brad Marchand's gamble or Marchand. Uh, I you know what Brad's gamble. Boone Jenner is going for the breakaway, and we know how Tuca usually handles that. Although Tuca is has been a lot better as of late, knock on wood. Um, um, he's been in full-on beast mode of late. <laughs> right, right. So uh, that's great. Uh, that's fantastic. I hope it stays that way. My point is this, that Brad just thought, oh, shit, I'm just going to trip him. I got to stop this, right? Now, he knew that that was either going to be an outright penalty or a penalty shot. And I think we can be really glad that it was a penalty shot. Yes. Because it turns out that Boone Jenner is not that good at penalty shots. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an unimpressive submission. <laughs> um, it definitely looks like something someone named Boone would do. <laughs> really? When I picture things the guys named Boone would do, it mostly involves butt chugging. Well, it, you know, it honestly looked like his sister Kylie was out there on the ice. Okay. <laughs> 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 the redneck Jenner over here. Boom. <laughs> Separated uh, at birth. Uh, anyway, the gamble pays off. Brad does not get an extra penalty. The penalty shot happens and it's poor, and Tuca handles it easily, right? And then they go back to the power play because, oh, guess what? They're on the power play. <laughs> And I will give Brad credit for reading it. That was the right time to do that because I don't think Rask was set up. I think that would have been a goal had it not been for the uh, not been for Brad's actions there. As opposed to the other four times that Boone Jenner did that and Rask was on that shit like white on rice. Well, once it happens once, don't you have to be prepared that it can happen again? <laughs> yes. Apparently. Yes. That's why I call it Brad's Gamble. I don't think anybody else is putting it that way. I haven't read anybody saying it that way. Brad gambled and he won. And we're lucky. And then Bergie decided, it's time for me to score. You know, it was just a simple Bergie kind of play. Yeah, generally, I'm, uh, you know, uh, not defending uh, Bergeron high in the slot's not going to go well for you. It didn't go well for them. <laughs> in that same first period, we have the second controversial goal of the week. All right, so this is all taking place in the Bruins' defensive zone. And what happens is that I believe it's a Colorado... Colorado. Yeah, it's a Colorado Avs player who sends the puck up into the netting. Let's try that again. It, it could have been, and the rest wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing is, you know, what, who, you, you know who's currently a Colorado Avalanche? It's, it's Carl Soderberg, and... He's a Yeti or a unicorn or something, so you're not really sure he exists, which means maybe the refs wouldn't have noticed him just like jumping on the ice and flicking the, flicking the puck up and then poof, away again. Yeah, it could be something that Carl did, playing like Carl. Just, just leaving nothing but a, a, puck in the, a puck in the netting and a, and a whiff of herring. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you vaguely feel like somebody's talking about an art museum. Uh, yes. <laughs> 
Let's not bring Dougie Hamilton into this. Come on. No, I was going to say, and also longing for a friendship with Louis Erickson. Okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, if you could distill that into a scent, that's that's Carl Soderbergh right there. <laughs> oh, to Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. Let's not bring... <laughs> Harry. Carl. Longing. Carl. Can we call it... Play like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I play like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about how Glenn and I have a fake scent called Scoundrel. <laughs> it, it, it is basically Han Solo. <laughs> it's what Han Solo would smell like. Probably gonna, it's probably more marketable than Scruffy Looking Nerver. <laughs> oh, you know what's really funny is I was thinking about Harrison Ford turns to the camera, looks you directly in the eyes. Everyone's instantly pregnant. Who's scruffy looking? <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny. I'm glad we have a new fragrance because, I mean, we don't have much chance to, to really advertise old Swedish muscle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the Columbus <laughs> Bruins game four. <laughs> Okay, let's say this. This has gone horribly right. It's gone horribly right. <laughs> All right, so the Bruins are in their own defensive zone. And one of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I don't remember who it was. For all I know, it could have been Panarin. I don't know. Sends the puck up out of play into the, the netting. Netting moves. Everyone sees it on the broadcast. Everyone except the fucking zebras. <laughs> Oliver Bjorkstrand, you can see that he follows the whole thing. Does he put his arm up at all to say, hey, no, he doesn't because he knows this is going to benefit him if he just shuts his mouth. And that is exactly what he did. Now the puck bounces back down and then ends up on Artemi Panarin's stick and into the goal. Now, everybody is outraged. This should not be a goal because it hit the netting, but nobody saw it. Nobody official saw it in the netting. And so the NHL put out a rule explanation on our Temi Panarin's goal. Game four, Bruins at Blue Jackets. Ready? Here's the official thing. Per rule 38.4, video review shall only be permitted on goals that hit the spectator netting if the puck is directed immediately into the goal immediately shall mean the following a when the puck strikes the spectator netting and deflects directly into the goal off of any player b when the puck strikes the spectator netting and falls to the ice and is then directed into the goal by the player who retrieves the puck as it turns out somebody retrieved the puck sent it over to panarin so it's like four seconds later oh i was i think it was ty anderson who basically said no, no, it should only be reviewed if you're immediately screwed, not screwed four seconds later. Yep, or, or, or it stands in interesting contrast with how um, we've had 
goals waved off on offsides reviews when the offside happened like 20, 25 seconds earlier. The team lost, uh, passed it three times, shot, lost possession, regained possession, passed it three more times and put it in the net. And yet this was not reviewable. Doc Emmerich said on, on the broadcast that the GMs want it this way. They don't want you to mess with a scoring opportunity. So in other words, if it had bounced down and they glue it dead before any of the Columbus Blue Jackets put a, a stick on the puck, before anybody put a stick on the puck, they would have just blown it dead and then it would have been fine. It wouldn't have even resulted in a goal. In fact, it was they could still blow the whistle until Panarin touched it. But they didn't because it was a scoring opportunity. So that was horseshit, yeah. <laughs> okay, this, this is my viewpoint on it. While this game was chaotic and the Bruins did end up winning 4-1, to one, that is lost in the shuffle of, of all of this. I said, we will talk about this on today's episode. I don't want it, this whole episode to be about that goal. Because the reality is, is that it ruined Tuca's shutout. But the Bruins won that game. And they won it definitively. It was a shitty thing that happened. And this is the second time the Bruins have been burned on the spectator netting thing by the Blue Jackets. Because if you remember, this happened in a regular season game a couple of years back. Now, I would also point out that this is not the first time just last year in the second round, the Bruins did have a goal scored against in a situation where, dear fucking Lord, the play absolutely should have been blown dead. Yep. Of course, when this being when the blade got shot off of Rask's uh, skate. And while he's trying to gesture wildly that he can't stand up... Goal goes in, and then he goes to tries to chase down the ref with a uh, blade in hand, which made for you know, was just so profoundly memeable up there with you know, Rask uh, casually looking over as an octopus lands next to him during the during during the anthem in uh, in 2013. I'm just trying to think of where I was. Yeah, personally, I loved it when he chucked the blade at the uh, boards. I know it was dangerous, and I know he should have been done so it. much better if it stuck. Yep, like throwing but- knife. Yep, it would have. Uh, but I, I loved when he did it because I understand that frustration and it reminded me of the milk crates. I don't know if you knew this, Jeff. The Bruins always receive all the calls for them, not against them. Uh, can we just like, can we just like euthanize the Toronto fan base? Like, like hockey, hockey will be better off. There's, there's plenty of Canadians. They'll replace them. Maybe they'll be less stupid. And Columbus fans are saying it too, but yeah, it's, yeah, they're new at they this. Are. They're it's, new at this. They haven't been to the second round of the playoffs before. They know not what they know not of what they speak. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like in the description of the of that goal, like the NHL's description is basically a shrug emoji. And it's like, yep, sorry, you can't be. It can't be reviewed. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And I was pissed. And the Bruins fell off a cliff after that. Like, without Tuka Rask, it would have easily been like 4-2 in an instant. Because it seemed like the Bruins forgot how to play hockey for the next, like, period and a half. I was thinking that. It was, it was a serious momentum changer. Up to that point, the Bruins felt like they were running the show on that uh, on the game. Yep. It didn't really, despite the fact that winning handily ever feel like that again. And until the Corrali goal. I basically summed up the game as saying, like, don't let the 4-1 result fool you. It often looked like the Bruins were losing that game. If you did not know what either team was, 
right? If you didn't understand like the symbols and the logos and whatever, but you just watched the game, you just knew that there was a score of four to one, you would assume that the Bruins were losing that game. That's what it looked like. But you know what? Here's the thing is most of the Bruins were losing that game. You know who wasn't losing that game? Tuka motherfucking Rask. That's who. No. He was denied his shutout and he was on fucking fire. 39 saves. It was a 39 save shutout with an asterisk, in my opinion. Because he was 39 of 39 otherwise, because that shot shouldn't have even happened. Exactly. Exactly. So gave ended the game with a 9.75, which leads sort of the point, um... The media won't shut up, won't stop washing um, Bobrovsky's balls. <laughs> um, like we're talking, like they're, they're, they're going in there with, you know, wasting silk on washcloths for this ball polishing. Rask has been better. Not significantly, of course, but like better than Bobrovsky. Bob's never been this far. No, no. And, and Bob has, has a rich and diverse history of, of choking in the playoffs like a goose trying to swallow a baseball. Yeah. The save percentage through the series, Rask is at 9.36. Bobrovsky is at 9.25. So, I mean, he's he's been better. He's just flat out been better. And no one is taught, well, I shouldn't say no one, but the the announcers aren't talking about how much better he's been. Oh, they did, all they talk about is Bobrovsky, which is like, the fuck? He's given up, you know, eight goals in the last two games. Or... The fans, they like to stand here in Columbus. They're always standing. Sit the fuck down, assholes. Is the, the, the puck's in play. Yeah, seriously. You sit the fuck down until the, until the whistle blows. <laughs> if you've been to a game in Columbus, you will know that there is no legroom. There's no legroom in those seats. None. I'm 5'5". Five, five. I am 5'5". Five, five. That is not tall. That is, that, that's like almost medium. I'm not talking about my fat ass. I'm talking about my leg length. And I had to ride the seat in front of me with my knees. I don't know. I was going to say that that would be awful for me or our friend who may also, in fact, be actually Zidane Chara. I've never seen them in the same room at the same time. Oh, no, I did. Damn it. Yeah, you've oh. been to games with Andrew and Chara was on the ice. So. Damn it. I was, oh, I was so close. I was so close. <laughs> But, but at that time, you haven't proven that the Chara on the ice isn't a robot. <laughs> I mean, I think we can conclusively say he's not a robot because robots don't get tired and Chara looks fucking zonked. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. He had better not play. He had better not play more than 60 games next season. Oh, no. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago that he looked like he was 42. And that's, that's, I think that's accurate. That's an accurate statement. Felger this week said he looks like he's 90. Well, but Felger's also, you know. An asshole. No, I'm not, I use the R word here, but I know you don't like it. Don't use that word, please. As I said, I'm not going to use it. Um, Thank you. But he's, you know, an imbecile. There you go. Apparently, like, he's still, like, trash-talking Tuca or something like this. Oh, he is. Have you seen the gif of Ty Anderson? It's the perfect gif. It's Ty Anderson walking up to the window with Tuka Rask's picture printed out, a heart around it, and then Ty Anderson giving them the finger. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that whole thing. Yep. 
<laughs> Ty's tweeted it out the last two games, and I told him this is why we follow. Like it, it's absolutely the perfect gift. That is premium content. It must have been from their <laughs> Twitch or something. I don't know. It starts out with a logo, like the ninety-eight five uh, Bruins logo, but it, so it's black and gold, and then <laughs> they flash it to the the two imbeciles in the the studio, and then. Look out on Ty Anderson. Oh my god, that was great. I mean, Felger is such an idiot that up until like two or three weeks ago, whenever when they did like their Facebook live thing with Ty Anderson and Felger, Felger said that Ty Anderson worked for NBC Sports Boston. And Anderson's like, I am your colleague. I work here. With you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Tuca on fire this game. Absolutely. Uh, and all this stuff is very entertaining. And I'm actually okay. Don't talk about Tuca. You know what? Just let his performance speak for itself. Boom. I, I, I kind of do hope, and I, I'm going to knock something off. I'm going to be just before I even start talking. Knock on wood. That I kind of hope Rask wins the con Smythe because I don't see how 98.5 can't fire Felger literally into the sun without actually giving him a pink slip, just launch him into the, this launch him into a fucking star. Like how could 98.5 justify employing that man in that event, in the event of that? Because he's incredibly popular and he likes to. Here's the thing is I don't care if he's popular. Donald Trump is popular with certain people. Those people don't count. Likewise, people that like Mike Felger do not count because the public education system clearly failed them. <laughs> or private we don't know <laughs> well i just you know felder and maz they're like the equivalent of watching two people or listening to two people sum up a soap opera they're fucking drama whores that's what they are they want the drama they're not going to give you any real information they don't even know how to say certain people's names they just don't the problem is some of the people listening to them don't realize that's what they are and that's a problem i mean Last year, Maz, when the Red Sox were in Game 5 World Series, up three games to one, about to win it, he was still talking about how he didn't trust the bullpen. Holy shit. Like, come on. Give it a break. They're, they're awful. They're both awful. And they feed off each other. Okay, so... They were trying to play like they understood what was going on in other series. Now, can you please tell me... What the name of uh, the last name of the starting goaltender who is currently injured for the Carolina Hurricanes is Peter Mrazek. Right. They said that his name was Mazeric. That's a different name. It is. Yeah, that's, that's not right. It has literally all of the same letters. Yes. Or <laughs> nope. It requires one more e. But anyway. Yeah, um, I I think they put a, another vowel in there because their minds there couldn't wrap their. Uh, anything you around can't wrap it. that something exists around anything. You know that, right? Like if something doesn't exist, you can't wrap it around something. Okay, fine. Moving on. <laughs> 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 there were a couple of things. I mean, let me just finish up this part. So, no goals in the second, third period. We've got Sean fucking Corelli finally scoring in Ohio. I mean, I'm sure he scored many times in Ohio. Um, and like that scores yeah yeah. probably pretty much it will (laughs) he had to do his corral leap during the playoffs in Ohio so that means something you gotta bet his parents were there and then we had uh, Patrice Bergeron scoring again 
It was beautiful. So I wanted to just acknowledge those two things. By the way, do you know, I, I don't know if you knew this, and I didn't realize this until recently, because when I went to a Columbus game, they did not score any goals. So I didn't get to hear their dumb goal uh, song, and I didn't get to hear the uh, cannon. cannon. And I'm going to have to go back so I can experience that. And that's fine. I like going to different places. So here's my point. Do you know what they, the whole reason why they go from the ACDC thing into that dumb song? Because the chorus is oh, 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 oh. And they flash the big O on the, on the, on the screen because Ohio, that's their letters, O-H. That's what it's all about. I finally figured it out like a couple weeks ago or something. I mean, honestly, if I was Columbus, I would make my goal song like the Drew Carey theme. Yeah. Ah, but they're not in Cleveland. Good enough. Close enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Ohio. It's just, you know, it's like a, Ohio is like if you took all the chocolate off the outside of a Three Musketeers. <laughs> wow, you guys are so harsh. Columbus is actually not that close to, to Cleveland. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it's clear here. I don't care. <laughs> I know. I for some reason the person who usually goes off into daydream land over here is being the serious one. Like I've been there. It's not that close. <laughs> it's, it's Ohio. It's all just blah. I cannot suspend my disbelief over this. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Ohio. We're less interesting than Indiana. Oh no, 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 no! They are. <laughs> Are you kidding me? At least the Indiana had the middle of the TV show that was based there. They and Parks and Rec. So I mean, they're they're more interesting than Ohio. Oh damn, you guys! You, all right, I can't fight against that. Using two of my favorite shows against me. Oh, <laughs> Tim, Tim, I will say, using that reasoning, Ohio's got some decent ammunition as well. I mean, Drew Carey was good. WKRP in Cincinnati is is a is a timeless classic. <laughs> it's still Ohio. I'll I'll point very I'll, I'll make a point of saying I didn't mention hot in Cleveland. It had Betty White, America's treasure. I mean, yes, it had Betty White. It was probably most of what I had going for it, really. Anyway, let's wrap up this game, guys. <laughs> okay, there are two other things I want to talk about this game. One, Dean Kukan elbowing David Backus in the first period. Cheap shot right in front of the ref. Yes. I really hate the fact that he went in elbow first on a guy who has concussion history. You can think whatever you want to think about David Backus and you can say whatever you want to say about uh, hockey plays, but that was cheap and dirty. And yes, he got the penalty and I'm not asking for more. I do think that probably should have been the kind of elbow that triggers a major, but Anyway, Same. whatever. Given how the power plays went, that went that game a major probably would have been disastrous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I want to have five minutes of breakaways. Thanks. That would have been Vegas level, Vegas level disaster there. The the thing that was the worst part about that was that the fans were booing the fact that he got a penalty. That's, yeah, that's the shitty thing because they don't know how to react when somebody gets hurt because he was knocked out of the game for a little bit. He didn't come back until some point in the se in the second period. Uh, they had to do pr protocols and shit. So that's the one thing I want to talk about. And then the other one was this the one? This is the one where Brad went up and punched Harrington in the head. I think that was game 
three. Yeah, we forgot to talk about it at the time. It was the um, end of game three. I'm all I have to say about it is, you know what? Harrington said it was a hockey play. And that is where the conversation should end. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> but I, I will say that Brad, if you're gonna do shit like that in the future, just stick around for the come up and you know, because guess yeah, what? I, yeah. Even though you did that, you're probably gonna draw a penalty. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that wasn't this game, but I did want to talk about that because that was pretty shitty. All right, so then we have the game that happened last night at Boston. Oh boy, yeah, it did. Okay, so let's let's set it up in the respect that the ice was kind of shitty last night. Oh, again? Well, yeah. okay, this is what happened. Celtics played the night before, and mm-hmm. then Northeastern graduated on the covered ice earlier in the day. So basically the ice was covered up from the night before until just a few hours before the game. That's going to have shitty. It was not as bad as it's been like where people were falling down all over the place. It wasn't that bad, but it was bad enough. See, see, no, no back up for a second. I just want to say quick, you commented, uh, you, you, you said the um, uh, Northeastern graduation was on the ice. Now I'm just picturing a graduation where they commit to playing pomp and circumstance until the first person slips and falls, and then the entire rest of the graduation is, ju- is just yakety sacks. You think you're getting your diploma? Think again. <laughs> Not Boom, upright, Eddie you aren't. Not upright, you aren't. Then you have a line of people just handing diplomas back to each other because they don't want to move. <laughs> don't be the guy that get, don't get. Don't be the guy that makes yakety sacks happen. Don't be the yakety sacks guy. Don't be the yakety sacks guy. <laughs> I wore golf cleats just to prevent this. <laughs> well, that explains the ice. <laughs> Okay, so the Bruins played, they actually played really well Yeah. through most of the uh, first and second periods. Like, everything started to fall apart at the midway of the second period. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But basically, you know, right off the bat, boom. It was like a minute and 40 seconds into the second. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Score. Yeah, minute I'm, 39 was the uh, Krejci goal. Okay, yeah, I don't know what I was looking at. I, I scrolled down too much. Okay, all right. So we had Krejci scoring in the beginning of the, the second. But, I mean, the Bruins had played really well in that first period. Just no no goals um, to show for it. And then, okay, so Krejci scores, go into the third with a, a one-goal lead. And for that kind of game, because, you know, as they keep saying, it's a war of attrition. You know, it's fine. One nothing, and we're figuring, okay, I would like some more goals, please. <laughs> you should probably be specific. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't say that. I said earlier in the game, in my living room, I said to my husband, I want Brad Marchand to be activated. Now, that is my key word for, like, actually fucking playing and scoring. That's what it is. Activated. The, 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 little, the little Captain Bagarp. Picard in his head piloting things saying engage. Right. And... Make it so. <laughs> wow! Brad Marchand! You know, remember we were talking about Bergie being activated and Pasta going back and forth, like, trying to decide. Okay, so Brad Marchand finally scores a goal, which is great because we need him to score goals and he needs to stop being frustrated. 
And and that's like just before like five minutes in the, in into the period, and that's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. four four fifty one from Clifton and Bergeron. Right, right. So that's great, fantastic. It was a really nice pass by Clifton too. I'd like to say it was a really nice feed. Um, people talked about it, and then the initial shot was stopped, and it was a nice stop by Borowski, and then Martian was able to get the rebound and just put it in, and he was basically like. Finally, it, it, it kind of looked like he was just like, finally, I fucking scored. Yeah. But yes. So 10.33 in the third period is when it all goes to shit. On the third controversial goal of this week. <laughs> Seth Jones is over towards the boards, takes a shot on goal. Matt Grizzlick is right on the, you know, to the side of the goal, you know, and he goes to block the shot with his stick. But what happens is he deflects the puck back towards Tuca. Now Tuca, at this point, sees that the puck's coming. He pushes himself towards his left post as much as he can to prevent the puck from going in because it popped in. You know how the puck does that? Just pops into places that it shouldn't. And unfortunately, what happens is in his wiggling to try to keep the puck out, he wiggles the puck in. But it's very barely in, and it's not in by any standards that you would normally hear. Remember how it's like, the puck has to cross the red line definitively, and what you're looking for is some white between the puck and the red line, right? You didn't see any of that shit. No, and on the ice, it was called no goal. That's, yep, that's exactly it. Okay, so it's called no goal. So we're all thinking, because we, we know how this is, the replay, the review has to be definitive to the point where you can clearly see that the puck has crossed the line and that it is a good goal before you return the call on the ice. That is how review works, right? That is how it works. Yes. That's not how it worked last night. (laughs) Last night, they showed us footage over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then after that was done, like 10 minutes later, they showed us again and again and again. And then 10 minutes later after that, I swear, it was awful. I just wanted to punch the TV screen. And fuck you, Brian Boucher. I love you. But last night, you got on my fucking nerves. and I want to punch you in the face. Okay. I'm from Rhode Island, I can do that. Anyway, the point is, is that that footage did not clearly in any way, in any way that they usually use as a standard to determine that that puck went over the line. It did none of that. It did not say it did not prove that it was a goal. Yes, we saw where the puck was. But by every standard, it didn't fit overturn play. What's really irritating about it besides the fact that they just kept screwing us again and again and again with that play and just just making me so irritated and my husband and everybody who's a Bruins fan We were all really annoyed by the way they decided to display this on the TV constantly. It's almost like, you know, it's not just the reps who have it for the Blue Jackets this week. It's the broadcasters, for God's sakes. So Seth Jones got that goal. I love Seth Jones, but I I don't love him right now. And that was the crucial point in the game, because then it just seemed like the Bruins were trying to stop a a hemorrhage with a Band-Aid. Yeah. Because what happened was, okay, David Pasternak went back and, and had a quick score in under a minute. Restored that two-goal lead. 
Right. And, and it's a beautiful goal. And then somehow or another, Ryan Dezingle. He dezingled it and yeah. yeah, and that was a goal that and that was a goal from what I understand that Rask had no hope on. No, it hit the it hit the netting like right under the crossbar. So like it was top shelf, no chance. We've got a one goal lead at that point. It, to keep in mind, that's also like 45 seconds later almost, right? Or 50 yep. seconds. And then Dean Kukan, who had never heard of until this series. He's apparently Swiss, despite a name that wouldn't suggest that. Yep, and uh, he this is his first ever like NHL goal, from what I understand. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely his first playoff goal, but I think that they went on and on and on about how it was his first NHL goal. And of course, I'm sitting there, of course it is, because that's what happens to Tuca. He always gives somebody their first goal. It's like, I don't know, a cherished memento, whatever, precious moments mm. bullshit. Anyway, Dean Kukens ties it up and everybody is it, and it was and that, that goal just to be clear um brandon carl who's otherwise been having a great series yeah, he was all over panarin last night oh we'll get to that we'll get to the best one but uh yeah it um uh, you know deflected off of his skate right to panarin's stick panarin popped it to kukan and kukan put it in Ugh, poor brandon i feel bad i'm not gonna blame him no but he he didn't. He didn't take it to personal though. He immediately turned around and went back into beast mode. Well, they did take a shot of him on the on the bench. They they looked at his face, and his face was just like. Ugh. But he, he he's able to shake it off. You're right, but yeah. uh, it just because you have to. Later but the problem the is, is that the Bruins, for the for the most part, from ten thirty three in the period until well, honestly, until about eighteen thirty two, weren't really able to shake it off very well. No. No, but 1832, there's an interesting thing happened here because uh, Carlo's best play of the night led directly to the game-winning goal here. Nice. Panarin uh, starts to enter the zone. Carlo, of course, is, um, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to do this, Artemi. And just like chokes out his own entry before he gets to the top of the face-off dots. And then herds him back out of the zone, which I've <laughs> never seen before. <laughs> He's an Australian Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he along the way takes possession of the puck. Beautiful outlet pass to uh, to Marshawn, leading to David Pasternak's um, uh, second goal of the night. And Pasta is back, like back. Well, that's just it. This was a good game, and I remember all the, cr- the things people have been saying about Pasternak. Just to give him some clear, after last night's game, he has eleven points in, in twelve games. You wouldn't really think that based on like, because again, I didn't see yesterday's game, but even Thursday, he was handling the puck like it was a hand grenade and his stick was a two by four. Oh, yeah, that was like one of his worst games. Yet he scored a goal. Yet he scored a goal. But again, that whole game, that that game, the score says four to one. But if you didn't know which team had the four and which team had the one or which team had the lead from start to finish, because the Bruins never didn't have the lead in that game. But if you didn't know which team was leading, you would not assume it was the Bruins. Yeah, if you were airdropped to watch any random one-minute segment of that game, just about. <laughs> no, it was just, it's so weird. And it's like, I felt so odd for making that comment, writing up a summary of the game and, and, and saying that, because I didn't hear anybody else saying that. But I'm like, that game was totally like bonkers in that way. Mm-hmm. So the end result is last night the Bruins won barely. Yes. Yes. 
putting them up 3-2 in the series. Hooray! Yes. All right, so we made our predictions about what we think is going to happen in this series. We all said six games, which would be tomorrow night. And I recall I was specifically said if it went to six games, it's a Bruins series. If it ended shorter, it would have been Columbus. Uh, and you're you're right, because if it had gone shorter... It would have been Columbus. <laughs> yeah, it's really curious how, like, last night, the Blue Jackets didn't look like they had legs like they had before. Because mm-hmm. this is literally the longest series they've had in maybe forever. <laughs> no, they had a had six games go to six games before. Yeah, they've never had a seven. Last year against Washington, Washington won game three. Torts predicted that they would win game six, and then they lost six to three. Okay, well, all right, let me amend that then. They played four games in the first round, and now, well, they've played five games in the second round. This is the most playoff games they've played ever. <laughs> by, by three. Yes. By half. Yes. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I, I'm still standing by my prediction. They're going to win tomorrow night. And the Bruins, for the love of God, please just win this game. Start to finish. Don't do this dramatic bullshit thing. Don't put yourself in situations where you're going to have, like, goals that are going to be wacky and, and, and go against you. Just please win this game because I want you guys to have a couple days off. I will sacrifice my birthday game for you guys to win tomorrow. Yeah, Just win. Listen, guys, win this game, and then let both we- and hope both Western series go to seven. Yeah, get some. That's time the off. ideal scenario for the Bruins right now. It is. It is. So, like, just win tomorrow night, and then have a couple of days off, and it'll be fantastic. And then I, on my birthday, instead of watching you at home because I don't think we'd be going to the game, I can go out to dinner. And have a life on my birthday. Seems fair. Oh, yeah. I expect a lot of birthday wishes from everybody now. Got that, listeners? Wednesday. VA's birthday. It is a very important day. It is also Victory Over Europe Day. So um, so what she's saying is go... So what, what VA is saying is go forth and punch a Nazi for her. Yes, yes. Punch all the Nazis. That's fine for me, <laughs> you know. But more, more than you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go punch all the fucking Nazis and white supremacists, please. Thank you. You guys still are on the sixth game. You think they're going to win? I think so. I, uh, I know we're not alone. I just read Matt Kalman's um, uh, projection for the for that game, and he's just like, no, oh, no, they got this. They're, he's like, the jackets are done. I'm like, okay, it's a little bold, but you know, I like the way you think, Matt. Yep. I hope so. I don't want to seem not confident. I hope they do win. I'm not going to like change my prediction to say it's going to go to seven. I'll stick with my six-game prediction. I just want to get the fuck out of Columbus. I am sick and tired of this team. Josh Anderson, Boone Jenner, fucking Pierre-Luc Dubois, Brandon Dubinsky, a whole lot of them. I'm fucking sick of them. I am sick of Ports complaining about every single play that happens on the ice. And I'm honestly sick of their fan base. And I just want to fucking, I want them to be destroyed. I'm embracing the hate. And I just want the Bruins to destroy everyone the rest of the way. Just so hockey Twitter can have a collective meltdown about how, oh no, our this team lost. It's really too bad. And Boston be like, hey, fuck you. We did it. Fuck all of you. The end. Tim, I would I would like to know is anxious to get around to being angry and hating Carolina. Oh, 
which we should break that point out. Carolina won their first, their second round series. They swept the Islanders. I'm so sad. Yeah. I look forward to the opportunity to beat the crap out of Dougie Hamilton. So, Oh my God. You know, I, I got to tell you my, my thoughts on Dougie, I should shift my thoughts to, I'm so glad he's not here anymore because we have, we have a real defensive future and I love it. But I'm still mad at him because um, I'm not looking forward to people pointing out that not, none of um, Sinitian, JFK, or Lausanne are going to pl- be playing in that series, assuming it happens. Yeah, the takes are going to be hot. And it's going to be awful. I'm sorry for you for that, but yeah, that's going to suck. I also would point out that Mark Bar- Matt Bar- Mark Barzell <laughs> Matt Barzell is also not playing, so. Who cares? He is not. Yeah. But you know who is going to be playing in that series? Brandon Carlo. And, well, uh, well, yeah. we hope. <laughs> I also actually want to point out, actually, with Game 5-2, uh, at the end of the game, uh, McAvoy had a kick save and a beauty, and it was fantastic. It was awesome. It was crazy, and he's okay, which is the best part about it. Oh, yeah. He prevented a sure goal. Yeah, the the uh, our our young right-handed defensemen were just absolute beasts last night for the most part, and in general, both of them are really just this is this 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 feels like both of their coming out parties. This yeah. is this is uh, this playoff so far has felt like Carlo and McAvoy's cotillion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Today on ninety eight five, Johnston and Flynn were talking about how poised he looks. He looks like a ten year uh, Carlo. That is, looks like a ten year veteran playing in the playoffs as opposed to a first-time playoff guy. So he's looking really good. And that Charlie McAvoy, obviously everybody expected greatness from him. So, you know, you can compare them if you want to, but the ceiling is higher on on McAvoy, and and he still has a little room to grow. But uh, that's okay, because defensemen take longer to mature. They do, and they're doing fantastic. And I, I would say the three best players that the Bruins have had this series from start to finish so far have been Tuca, Carlo, and McAvoy. Those three. And honestly, with the close matchups between these two teams, you kind of need your defense to perform, outperform. And, and, and that's what it comes down to because of the way that Tortorella coaches and Cassidy coaches. That's, that's, that's their mindset. So I'll be glad when the series is over. I do want to quote one thing that I saw from Connor Ryan. He's talking about Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand on David Pasternak finishing chances and Thanos. It was inevitable. It was. Somebody saw Endgame. (laughs) Now, mind you, I'm kind of impressed. Imagine being a sports media guy during the playoffs on the sports you cover with the team you cover still being in, having time to go to a three-hour movie. Yeah. Fucking A, Connor Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but I also think, you know, Brad went to see Endgame, you know? I feel like all the Bruins are because they co-opted the whatever it takes. Like, I feel like they're obligated to at this point. Uh, also, with with Brad and actually Pasta last night, their, their press conference was pretty funny together. Um, I watched it because I actually wanted to see the audio, and it was hilarious. Um so question the question got asked uh, if it was actually tie in who asked it like about how like the first line played really well and it seemed like it was their best game 
And Pasta just gave, like, you know, your normal, yeah, it was good to score, blah, blah, blah. Brad was like, you know, it's funny how this is what you dictate is a good game and how, like, last game they had more chances they just didn't go in. And, yeah, basically was like that. And then the next guy goes, this is for either both of you or one of you. And after the question's asked, Pasta goes, I'll take this one. Brad's a little crispy tonight. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And Brad just kind of laughed and was like, okay, yeah, we'll let him take it. And he took the answer. So, yeah, he was he's, he's a little hot under the collar there. I, I, well, first of all, did you see Brad's suit? Whew. Yeah. I was going to say, what was that, like a, like, like a, a maroon crushed velvet or something? It was a hot suit. I got to tell you, it was, <laughs> it was a good choice. I really enjoyed it. Um, so if it displayed what his mood was, I'd understand that. But also, I just love that gif of the two of them. And it's like, uh, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> like like they haven't seen each other for very long. It's like you guys just played a full game. We're in the locker rooms. I uh, I enjoy this. I'll have to go back and see if I can find that footage and watch that. But Nesson tweeted it out at just TV ninety. I think there was like a five minute video. It's about halfway through it was like the uh, crispy line. Mm, okay. I think we've talked a lot about all of this stuff. Uh, just a little bit of sort of general purpose Bruins news, just real quick, you know. Okay, sure. Um, uh, Bruins had a couple signings this week. They uh, led off by uh, re-signing Anton Bleed to a two-year, two-way contract. Um, has a AV of uh, seven hundred thousand at the at the NHL level, which I find interesting. I mean, this sort of happened last year with the um, uh, Colby Cave contract. Uh, Sweeney seems to like giving two-year. Don't you? No. Um, <laughs> Listeners, I was talking to VA, not my cat, for once on that scenario. Colby Fuck. <laughs> anyway, he seems to have a thing for giving these AHL good soldiers two-year contracts, presumably with no actual intention of them playing in the NHL. In fact, it comes with a fairly generous um, minimum guaranteed salaries of 200000 next year and two hundred seventy-five the year after. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Minimum guaranteed minimum usually means like yeah this person is going to stay in the AHL but uh, you know let's make sure they're they're well compensated so okay cool the other one of course is they signed for the first time to an ELC 2016 six rounder Oscar Steen so he was a center right wing playing in the Swedish league this past year to his ELC that's three years of course with a cap hit of eight hundred nine thousand one hundred sixty seven dollars okay that yeah, made sense. Um, and he had a really good year in the Swedish league. Um, you know, uh, 37 points in uh, 46 games for, um, uh, for for Fjarsted. I believe that was third in the league in scoring there, too. From what I understand, Swedish league has a pretty good, a reasonably favorable rate of scoring conversion to North America. So, you know, yeah, it could be something there. He's tiny. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, a itty-bitty on 5'9", uh, 187 pounds. So he's 5'7". 113 pounds. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe they also. I, he's like good friends with Berglund, Victor Berglund, who they signed earlier to his ELC. So I, I, this when Berglund signed, a lot of people thought Steen would be not too far behind um, because of that. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to point out something about diminutive players. 
Tori Krug is 5'9 and like 187 pounds. Oliver Bjorkstrand is 6 feet tall and is 174. Tori Krug has manhandled him at times during the series, and it's been delightful to watch it. Just upended him. It's great. I love it. You know, I mean, the guy doesn't have a hope. He's named Oliver. How, how tough can he be? It's not his fault. He came that way. All right, so Oscar Steen, not old Swedish muscle. New Swedish muscle. No. You, new Swedish, you know, young Swedish miniaturized muscle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, what are those? It's a shrinky dink. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Micro machines. <laughs> We're just going to feel the whole lineup of, like, tiny players, aren't we? I mean, if they play as well as Grizzlick, then sure, why not? All right, so that's interesting news. We've got more signings, and there will be more and more and more left to come. We'll be very excited to see what happens with some other signings. (laughs) (laughs) You, 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 you I, I'm so just impressed. You, 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 you couldn't have have like more like aggressively captured how you um don't care. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna share a secret with you. I'm dying. I have to go pee really bad. So, join Bruins fans everywhere tomorrow night. That is May the sixth at seven p.m. Eastern time at Nationwide Arena. Game six of round two Stanley Cup playoff between Boston and Columbus. Listeners, you've uh, been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found, assuming it's one of those. If you like us, give us a follow, rate us some stars, write a review, tell your friends, hire some billboards. (laughs) Fans have bought billboards before, like, you know, outside of, say, oh, Barclays. So, you know, you you know, Barely on Topic billboards. Yeah, be great. You can talk to us, of course, on Twitter at Barely on Topic, Facebook uh, at Barely on Topic Podcast, and of course, you you could, I suppose, follow our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Doctor Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson, and I am at Help. My house is Game of Thrones all the time now. Please send help. dot com. That is at. There's only three more episodes. It'll be over soon. Also known as FBA from RI. <laughs> oh no no no! My husband is rewatching episodes, rewatching old ones. <laughs> hey hey! I got a joke before we end it. What kind of coffee does Steve Rogers order when he goes to the coffee shop? Captain Americano. Oh, that's a good answer. But I was going to say a cap Pacino. <laughs> That's well, that one's way that one's way more up your alley, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just because I, I didn't really understand who Steve Rogers was until Jeff said Captain Americano. <laughs> That's true. His answer was more revealing. But yet I was dying all day to ask Jeff that question. <laughs> and then I had a better answer for you. <laughs> Damn it. Tim? Word? <laughs> <laughs>